Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Wow. Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST. Code ACAST. What's going down? Hey everybody, welcome to a brand new episode of the What's Going Down podcast here uh, on Patreon ad-free or wherever you get your podcasts with the ads. My name is Kenny, joined as always by Mr. Finley Martin. Finn, how are you today? Yes, I'm good. Yeah, really good, Kenny. Yeah, um, yeah, just been catching up with the wrestling this week. And, um, you know, we've just recently recorded our sixth anniversary special for Patreon. So that was a lot of fun. Um, yep, that'll be good totally- tomorrow. Yeah, I mean, that was, yeah, we talked about the first episode of Raw from January 11th, 1993. Yep. Um, uh, Mazawa Kawada Classic from 1994. Um, and a, a very, very famous angle involving Ted DiBiase, Dick Murdoch, and Ric Flair in Mid-South Wrestling from 1985. So uh, we hope you'll, uh, we hope you'll give those a listen. You know, we yes. hope you'll find those interesting. We found it very interesting covering them, didn't we, Kenny? Yes, it was very, very fun. Because we start off with Raw, which is kind of, you know, the most camp, PG, uh, lightweight thing you can find. And we finish off with a, a bloodbath. So yeah. we, uh, we, yeah, but it'll be out tomorrow, Wednesday, on Patreon at patreon.com forward slash inside the rope. So do go and check it out. Uh, so, Finn, we're back to current day, 2023. We're here to talk about the WWE shows, about, Raw, about SmackDown and Raw. On the road to Crown Jewel is where we're on the road to. Um, so let's kick off with SmackDown this past Friday. The season premiere 
thin. Did they did did they do a good enough job of letting you know it was the season premiere of SmackDown? Well, do you think? I'm not sure if they mentioned it. I mean, if you didn't bring it up, I don't think I would have known. I know they need to be less subtle about this and just really hit us over the face with it. Uh, <laughs> just more we need it. I mean, it needs to be like you know the Pizza Hut, you know, um, bombardment <laughs> like logos and information overload, like what we had at Fastlane, right, Kenny? Oh, Pizza Hut. Oh, never want to see a pizza hole logo again in my life. Oh, no, yeah, no, they really let us know, obviously, there's a season premiere. It was in Tulsa, Oklahoma. And, um, yeah, Roman Reigns finally returned. Yes, and he actually returned. He opened the show on SmackDown. And we we had an opening segment that involved him. It involved John Cena. Um, you know, we've kind of, and, and then involved, you know, LA Knight as well. I mean, the thing I was going to ask you was, we have given Cena a lot of shit the last few weeks, right? And we have this big opening segment and it ends with a bit of a fight um, at the end, but in terms of Cena, did he do any better here in your eyes in the kind of endorsement of LA Knight kind of against Roman Reigns than he has in the last few weeks, or was it still the pantomime dame? <laughs> well, I think he, he took more of a background role um, here, um, so I, I thought he actually was was okay. You know, I thought he he didn't take over the segment. He didn't overshadow La Knight or Roman Reigns or Paul Heyman or Solo Sokoa. Um, he just stood back and and let the stars get on with it. So yeah, I've got no, I had no objection to John Cena's involvement in this at all. I mean, he opened the program. He was soon joined by joined by Roman Reigns, Heyman, and Solo Sokoa. You know, Reigns demanded that Tulsa acknowledge him. You know, he complained that John Cena had returned on his show and instructed all the commentators to describe him as the greatest of all time. <laughs> when Reigns said that, you know, Cena knew, you know, that he was the GOAT, and Reigns basically said, you need to leave. Um and then that led to Cena saying that, you know, Reigns had, you know, earned his spot as champion and he'd been champion for over three years. And um, he kind of teased, Cena kind of teased challenging Reigns to a title match, but then, but then said, no, I haven't earned it, but this man has. And that's when LA Knight came out. Right, Kenny? Yes, exactly. And LA Knight comes out. And he, I mean, he's just carrying himself like a, like a star. And I mean, you know, we'll get we'll, we'll get to it later. But in terms of if we're going to get LA Knight and Roman Reigns crown jewel, this will be LA Knight's test. Because if you can't have a good match with Roman Reigns or a memorable match, who are you going to have one with? So yeah. we're going to get the answer to our question of does Knight have it in him to have a classic match? So, mm. but here he was kind of you know poking at Roman Reigns and. Asking, you know, is he a defending champion? You've been gone. And uh, he asked, at the beginning, he asked Roman if he was pissing his pants yet. <laughs> um, which is very funny. And, you know, and they're kind of going back and forth. And then Jimmy also jumps Ellie Knight. Ellie Knight manages to deal with Jimmy. And then uh, he's, he's kind of jawjacking at Roman. Roman leaves. And uh, he told Solo to forget Cena, handle him. So then Solo challenges LA Knight to the main event. So Knight accepts, and that's going to be our main event. And I mean, I thought as an opening segment, star-studded, Cena was inoffensive, which is the best compliment you can give him in 2023. 
Yeah, even wearing that merchandise, he was inoffensive. I mean, uh, I know that's difficult, really. Quite an achievement, actually. (laughs) He should be proud of himself to be inoffensive, and that's fucking neck. It doesn't exactly blend into the background, does it? (laughs) (laughs) So, I mean, Rain said to uh, Knight, who the hell do you think you are standing in my ring right now? So, I mean, yeah, Knight did feel, it felt to me like, I don't know, Knight just felt bigger here and he just felt almost empowered by the occasion. Yeah. Um, and he didn't seem intimidated at all. And, you know, he knew he had to know this was, well, of course he knew this was this was the biggest thing he'd ever done to date in his career. Going toe-to-toe with Roman Reigns, as we'll discuss in a moment, we know where this is leading and that's obviously the biggest match of LA Knight's career, for sure. Um but uh, yeah, I mean, Jimmy came out, and you know, you, t- you talked. Was it last week or the week before? Like, this Jimmy business just doesn't make any sense. And they've kind of addressed it backstage throughout the show, where Jimmy doesn't really know if he's back in the bloodline or where he stands. And he's like, "Well, you know, when he's talking to Roman, and Roman's saying things to him, and Jimmy's like, you're joking, right?'" And then Roman's like, "Obviously not joking," but then says, "Yeah, of course I'm joking." So yeah. you can see that. I don't quite sure where this is, how this is all going to play out between Jimmy and Roman, because there's obviously tension dating back to the split, right, Kenny? Yeah, because like, there's like an attempt at an explanation, but the explanation itself again doesn't really make any sense because Jimmy's reason for turning on Jay at SummerSlam was not because he wanted, he, like he he said Roman's awful and Roman's terrible. I did it because I don't want you to become the tribal chief because you would become like him. But ever since, we've basically had Jimmy sniveling to get back in with Roman. And, you know, Jimmy's not really done this. You know, if Jimmy did a a big promo where he basically, you know, they found a reason to justify why he now wants to be in the bloodline and it was of the level of all the previous bloodline drama, that would be one thing. But Jimmy just kind of feels like this guy who, you know, because then, you know, in Raw, which we'll talk about later, he comes and interferes in the tag title match. So Jimmy just kind of feels like this guy who there's a couple of pieces missing to the puzzle and I'm hoping they're going to explain it. As time goes on, I'm getting a bit worried they're not going to, but I mean, do you get the sense there's more of an explanation coming or do you think that what we've got is what we've got and we need to kind of accept it? (laughs) Um, I mean, I'm hoping there's going to be more of an explanation because yeah, if you rewind it to the famous promo, I attacked you, Jay, because (laughs) I didn't want you to become the tribal chief because then you'd end up like him. And now he's crawling, you know, he's sucking up to Roman. He's, you know, basically like trying to get back into the bloodline. He thinks he's back in because he's been invited into the dressing room. But I think we all know that, you know, there's still, you know, there's still some atoning to do there. You know, there's still, he's got some making up to do as Jimmy for what he had done previously as a partner of his twin brother and, you know, facing obviously Roman Reigns and Solo have beaten them at Money in the Bank. So I think there's a lot of unresolved tension there. So I'm hoping we're going to get a fuller explanation. I I don't know, really, because it does feel like Jimmy and Jay, this is going to be the big match. And as we know, they they want to drag this out until WrestleMania. I'm not quite sure how they're going to pull that off. Because, I mean, you know, that's nearly six months off. So I'm not quite sure how they're going to be able to spin it out until then. Um, And it sort of feels to me like in the end, Jimmy will be um, banished from the bloodline 
for betraying them earlier in the year. I don't see how Roman Reigns can allow him back in. There's got to be some sort of punishment or something bad, I think, has to happen to Jimmy. That, to me, would be consistent with Roman's behaviour because he does not tolerate disloyalty, does he? No. I think the thing that hurts this a little bit is that because the bloodline stuff has been so good at explaining every tiny part of every angle that they do, that now when there's one that feels a bit more just like a wrestling angle that's not fully fleshed out, we see it more because, you know, it's like if you go and see an amazing movie and they do an amazing sequel and then you go and see the third one that's just decent, it feels like a big letdown because the first two yeah. were so iconic. So it just feels it feels to me a little bit like they've just kind of ran out of gas with the bloodline. They've just kind of, they're keeping it going, they're keeping it going, but, you know, I think, I think the best days are behind it. It feels like like it's still good, but I mean, I, I, I don't see people as uh, feverishly excited and about the bloodline stuff as they were six months ago. So I feel like it's maybe, you know, th- this is the to, now to WrestleMania is going to be the end. But I, I, I'm with you. I don't know how they're going to keep Jimmy versus Jay going for six months. Or yeah, yeah I mean that seems like a long time. It does. So, and I think also, you know, introducing, you know, will will it be Rock versus Roman Reigns at WrestleMania? We don't know that, but you know, as I write in the, as you will read in the next issue of Inside the Ropes magazine, I did I did something on you know Rock's return and all the things he said on Pat McAfee, and you know, my I'm just trying to make sense out of it all, and mm-hmm. it's like, would he have said all those things and put all that information out into the public domain? Knowing it would be widely shared, if if it was just going to amount to nothing, but you know, but then how? What effect does this have on Roman Reigns, Cody Rhodes? So it's there's something here that's it's almost like they've lost control of it. But that doesn't seem right because I can't believe WWE would lose control of a story, you know, in a match this big, you know, with players that are all so experienced you know, that are not going to go into business for themselves to get a few clicks because The Rock doesn't need to do that. Whatever he says and does, he's going to be a hit anyway in terms of social media engagement or traffic or whatever. So he doesn't need to say things just to make himself relevant, does he? No. You know what no. I mean? So why is he saying these things if there, if they, if there isn't something at the end, at the, at the if there isn't a destination here, if there isn't something waiting for us at the end of the road? So I'm not really sure what's going on, but I wanna I, I wanna believe that that they do know what's going on and this is all planned. And and I and I think it will, I think it is. That, you know, I can't believe that this is some shambles and people are operating independent of each other. Yeah. Um I think there will no, be a plan. It's just whether the plan is the plan gonna be worth the wait, is the question. Yes. And that's yes. really what we need to wait and find out. Of course. Uh, Triple H was another person who made an appearance in the season premiere of Smackdown, he came out Adam Pearce was in the ring with him, he sort of said you know, Adam Pearce is the unsung hero of WWE, he's done a thankless job by running Raw and Smackdown, but he's going to get promoted now to the GM of Raw and now there'll be a GM of Smackdown but before the GM of Smackdown can come out, Dominic Mysterio comes out and you know, he's, he's annoyed and he's angry that Cody and Jay are defending the tag titles tonight before they defend them against Damian Priest and Finn Balor on Monday. And Triple H said, well, look, me and Adam Pearce are not the people we need to speak to. You need to speak to the general manager of SmackDown, Nick Aldis. 
So Nick yeah. Aldis has introduced the GM of SmackDown. Obviously, because Nick Aldis hasn't really had a run in WWE or AEW, the fans don't really know who he is for the most part. You know, you, there's not there's not a huge pop for him when no. he comes out, but he does, I think, kind of do a really good job of, of kind of you know he has that that line, the mic drop line where he sees Dom and he says, "Hi, Dom, good to meet you. I'm a big fan of your dad," and walks off. Yeah. And the timing on that was was great. That was a really killer line, great timing. Yeah. And then he, he ends up bringing out you know the the trade that SmackDown have got in order for giving Jay Russo to Raw, and it's Kevin Owens, and he comes out, and now he's going to be on SmackDown. Gives Dom a stunner. And Nick Aldis uh, holds his arm up. So a lot of stuff going on here. What did you make of Aldis as the GM, his performance, and Kevin Owens being the trade to SmackDown? Well, when Triple H started praising Adam Pearce, I was thinking, he's going to fire him now. (laughs) That's generally the way it works there, isn't it? Oh, yeah, we really appreciate everything you've done here. Uh, Now there's the door. And if you don't leave within the next 15 seconds, security will escort you out. So, I mean, Adam Pearce at least didn't get fired. In a a way, it was sort of a promotion, but in in a way it wasn't, because now he's just going to be on one show, isn't he? Because he was previously yeah. on both shows, wasn't he? Yeah, yeah. Raw so, and SmackDown, but now he's just going to be on Raw. So. He's just got one show to deal with, don't you? Yes. So he said it was a promotion, but in a sense, it was actually a demotion. <laughs> <laughs> so I don't know why I, I was amused by that, but I was. Um, and then, yeah, Nick Aldis suddenly appeared at ringside. You know, I thought he uh, had a real authority about him, and I thought he did really well on the mic, and this was huge test for him, wasn't it? This was a big spot. Yeah. I mean, I know he's been doing it for 2009, I think he started with TNA. Or two, yeah, yeah, yeah. I think it was 2009, yeah. So, I mean, um, you know, he's been in the business a long time now. And um, I think this is a really good spot for him. I don't know whether he's still got this, you know, hankering or desire to wrestle. Probably not. I'm sure this gig is, you know, this is going to, he's going to, reach more people is going to be performing in front of more people than at any point in his career he still looks great you know you can tell he's he looks like a wrestler very well scrubbed up as everyone is on wwe tv um but yeah i thought i thought it was a really good debut for him and he was involved in other things on the show as well this wasn't his only appearance on smackdown was it kenny no he ended up uh giving charlotte flair a rematch with evil sky next week and also kind of Standing there where while Charlotte Flair and Jade Cargill faced off. I think I'm the only person on planet Earth that does not want Jade Cargill's match to be with Charlotte Flair at WrestleMania, which seems to be the the, the tease. I just think Charlotte Flair who who works with Charlotte Flair nowadays and comes out of it better? It's a rarity. <laughs> rarity. Yeah, exactly. Uh, so but I in, in terms of the, the Nick Aldis thing, uh, what I will say is I'm I'm sure. That if the opportunity is given to him to wrestle in WWE, he'd bite their hand off for it. But I think he's yeah. smart enough to know, get in the door, prove what you can do in other ways, and then that stuff might come down the line. Because when Adam Pierce, when Adam Pierce got the job of a producer, I think he was kind of done as a wrestler. Like he just didn't really want to do it anymore. He, he kind of finished. But I think Aldis, you know, he's always wanted to go to WWE. It's always been a thing that, that's been on his list. And yeah, I, I could see him doing something down the line if the character sort of takes off with him as GM. So we'll see. 
Yeah, yeah, I can see that as well. I mean, and Adam Pearce has been one of the unsung heroes of yeah. WWE TV in recent years. And this role of him has been, uh, just to me, an incredible highlight and so unexpected. He was such a bore in Ring of Honor, such <laughs> a boring personality. Um, I mean, he was a, a, I mean, he was an adequate wrestler, he was satisfactory in the ring, but there was nothing spectacular about him at all. And had he joined WWE as a wrestler, he would not have been pushed. He would have been, you know, main event, weekend out, weekend hell at best. That would have been it. And I just think he's been brilliant in this role. I think he's just so understated and doesn't overshadow the talent, you know, knows what to say and how to say it. And, you know, he's played a lot of different roles, Pierce. He's done comedy, he's done serious stuff. He's done, you know, he's done stuff where he's actually uh, been humbled by the talent. And also there's been many times as well where he's stood up to the talent and, you know, shown that he's got a backbone and the talent's back down. So I think he's done all sorts there and he's done it very well. But yeah, I'm pleased for Nick Aldis. It's taken him a long time to get to WWE. Um, you know, and I think he he wanted to go there as a wrestler and that never happened happened for him. But he's there now in this role, as you said, Kenny. I mean, possibly if he gets over um, a match and even a career as a wrestler may be in the pipeline. You never know. What did you make of Kevin Owens being the trade to SmackDown? Because we were we were kind of booking yeah, Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn to WrestleMania last week, but we've kind of been thwarted in our plans. Well, I mean, I, I was interested in it because we thought possibly it might be Cody Rhodes. Um, but we were saying last week, weren't we, that Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn had peaked as a tag team. And obviously WWE agreed because they were separated last week and Owens was sent to SmackDown. And this became part of the storyline we'll talk about shortly with Sami Zayn on Raw. So, you know, that all was consistent and that all made sense. Um, and I imagine, yeah, I think Owens, I don't think he's long as a baby face. I think he's going to do a heel turn. Um, but I think in some ways he's better as a heel than a face. He is popular as a face. But I mean, that stuff he did with Austin was great, wasn't it? Run up to the match. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I mean, this is, I think probably early next year he's going to do the heel turn. And, you know, I think it's probably the right thing for him to do because they won the tag team belts in the main event of WrestleMania. I mean, Zayn and Owens were never going to top that. And if all you're doing is treading water or in decline, in terminal decline, you're better off doing something else. Yeah, exactly. And I think the, 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 with Kevin Owens on SmackDown, you know, he, he has faced Roman Reigns so many times. So you can't really go back there. So maybe the idea of one last loss to Roman on the, hopefully not at the Royal Rumble, because I think they've done it three times at the Royal Rumble so far. But yeah, I think a heel turn for him will be, will do him wonders early next yeah. year. I mean, you know, poss- maybe, do you think Owens possibly could end up in the bloodline? What do you think? Yeah, I mean, they, they could. They, they could do something like that. That, that could be interesting. I mean, I think I, I've I've got more confidence of them telling that story with Owens because I think he's a probably a, a more convincing performer than Jimmy on his own. I think Jimmy's Jimmy's struggling on his own because he doesn't have Jay, whereas Jay is kind of thriving on his own without Jimmy, which is interesting. Yeah. Uh, the main event was Ellie Knight and Solo Sokoa, big match for Ellie Knight. Obviously, John Cena did get involved when Jimmy Uso got involved, and Ellie Knight ends up getting the win again. The match was a Fairly basic match. Overall, did. Did, did you notice that something looked like something went wrong after Sokoa nailed Knight with like a quite a low clothesline? 
And I don't yeah, know whether was... Knight was winded or what, but there was a period there where Knight was on the mat and he was spent a long time talking to Sokoa. Yeah, there was yeah, there was something going on. I couldn't quite work out what it was. Um every time every time now I'm watching LA Knight, I'm obviously we know he's over, we love the character, we love the gimmick. That's all we know that. But I'm looking for that kind of spark in the ring, and I've not seen it yet. But I'm hoping that the Roman Reigns thing is gonna is, is we're gonna see it there. Because afterwards LA Knight ended up getting a spear from Roman Reigns, which which you know was was really good. And yeah, so I, th- I thought I think Ellie Knight and Roman Reigns. I'm kind of up for that as a match at Crown Jewel because I think we need to kind of see where Ellie Knight is in that kind of environment, right? Yeah, I think so as well. I mean, I, would, I thought Knight sold too much in this match, and he needs to make more comebacks. You can see that he's trying, and there was uh, parts in the match where things were different, and he seemed like he's been extra careful uh, with Sokoa on his slams because there'd been some criticism criticism of Knight being a little bit careless with some of his moves and not protecting people properly. And you can see that Knight was not doing that here and he's heeded that advice. Presumably that ice was forwarded to him. I think it will have been. And uh, I just felt like he sold just a little bit too much here. And also he was calling spots far too loudly. You know, I mean, is John Cena's influence rubbing off on LA Knight, Kenny? I hope not. Oh no, don't, don't put that into the ether, Finn. Oh dear. So, but I mean, in the end, he was hot. We've seen it came out. Um, you know, Jimmy was out, and in the end, Knight won with the BFT, and then Knight was celebrating. And then we had, you know, the classic WWE camera shot. It's really tight on Knight, and you can kind of hear the crowd, but you don't know what's going on. And then Knight, you know, Knight's camera's again really tight on Knight as he gets off the turnbuckles, turns around, looks at the other direction of the ring, and Roman's went. You know, there smashes him with a spear and that's the end of the show. So, um, yeah, it seems fairly obvious that it's going to be LA Knight versus Roman Reigns at Crown Jewel, doesn't it? Yeah, 100%. And the one last thing from SmackDown before we move on to Raw, we saw Cody and JSO defeating Austin, defeating Jason Waller. But afterwards was kind of the interesting part because Cody and Jay are celebrating and the Bloodline music hits. Jimmy and Solo come out, they confront Cody and Jay. And then Roman walks out and gets in Cody's face and Nick Aldis shows up to sort of tell him it wasn't happening. I mean, this was obviously a tease to the probable WrestleMania match, but Aldis carried some authority here, it seemed. He did. He did. That's right. And people listened to him. Yeah. You know, people followed his instructions, you know, which is, you know, this is the new authority figure here on SmackDown. You need to listen to what he says. Even you, Roman Reigns. Uh, and just one other thing that really amused me on the show, uh, we had uh, a Bailey and Zelina Vega match. Uh, Bailey scored the pin, and afterwards, Damage Control uh, beat down Zelina Vega. And then Charlotte Flair ran out, or rather, she clumped out in these massive, great heels—heels yeah. heels as in shoes. Yeah. And uh, and like you're like, why is Charlotte Flair wearing those ridiculous shoes? And then it became obvious. A short time later, when she ran into Jade Cargill backstage, yes. Charlotte wanted to make sure she was the same height as Jade. Yeah, it was. I mean, you know, Charlotte, Charlotte knows her stuff. She doesn't want to be be in any way made inferior to Jade. So, yeah, uh, it's like put, put your trainers on for the running and then put the big heels on backstage. Exactly, exactly. She was walking like she. She was walking like she had vertigo or something, or running like she had vertigo. She couldn't do it at all. Yeah, but, these um, big like 
Frankenstein's monster style boots, weren't they? They were just yeah. enormous. To the ring. Uh, well, listen, let's move on to the season premiere of Raw. I do want to say one thing I think Raw should be really commended for in this episode was the amount of women that they had on this episode that were involved in various things, whether it was, you know, Becky Lynch, Tegan Knox, Natalia, Piper Niven, Chelsea Green, Caden Carter and Katana Chance, Nikki Cross, Indy Hartwell, Candice LeRae, Nia. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot. We charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss. Jack, Shayna Baszler, Rhea Ripley... Raquel Rodriguez, Zoe Stark, Zia Lee, you know, they had so many people, Jade Cargill, and they were, it was either they were setting up matches for, for, you know, the near future, they were teasing things for down the line, or they were enhancing people who needed a bit of time. So I think they deserve a lot of credit for having so many women on the show, but not feeling like it was just shoehorning them in. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, I mean, I know um, on NXT, I think it was two weeks ago. Um, I think it was um, there was like more female segments than there were male segments or it was just someone actually wrote a story on it online. It was actually really well written. Wrestling Inc. it was on. Mm-hmm. And uh, I thought, wow, it was really well done, the story. I wish I could remember the person who wrote it. Whoever you are, you did a really good job. And um, it was just you know, all about you know, just how, how many how the, the level of female involvement in the show. And the show still did like really well in the ratings, and and there was a lot of you know the people in the um, the breakout tournament. That's what's going on at the moment in NXT, right, Kenny? The breakout tournament. Yep. Yep. So it's, it's you know the women who don't have the major star power, star power, and they were all over the show. And um, yeah, I mean WWE is it's kind of amazing when you uh, you go back a few years and see how how they were and how women were just not treated equally in the company. I mean, that's the way it had always been for in pro wrestling, going back to the dawn of the business and just how much different it is now. And you're right. WWE absolutely should be commended for it. So the big stories on Raw, one of them was Sami Zayn who came out to basically tell us that, you know, Jay is still coming to Raw is kind of at the, at the mercy of his friendship, with his team with Kevin Owens, because Kevin Owens is now on SmackDown. He's very mixed about it all because he wants to be happy for Jay, but he's obviously very upset that he now doesn't have his titles, doesn't have his best friend. And then Judgment Day come out. They obviously are not sympathetic to Sammy's plea, and they're then going to basically end Zayn permanently. But Jay also comes out with chairs, gives one to Sammy, and basically fends them off. And this leads to backstage where Jay's trying to ask Sammy if they're okay, and Sammy said he needed space because although he wants to be happy for him, He's got nothing and Jay's got everything and he's conflicted by that. And Jay kind of says, well, you know, you still have me. And then Zayn runs after Jay and says, I'm really sorry, I'm really sorry. I am happy for you. 
let's try and put it behind us and they have a hug. So big sort of story here with Sammy trying to get over what's happened and Jay on Raw. This was really good, I thought. Yeah, it was. And and we were talking about this last week, Kenny. I'm sure WWE had planned this all along. You know, I'm not obviously not trying to take credit for anything, any any of this, you know, in all seriousness. But we were talking about how Zayn and Owens had peaked as faces. Yep. And it's like, yeah, I mean, the heel turn's got to be on the cards. And this was stage one of that, with Zayn acting selfish and then realizing that he was acting you know, being self-absorbed and, you know, wasn't happy with his friend and went over after. Because what happened was when Jay came out with two chairs to help Zayn um, ward off or fend off the uh, judgment day, Sammy sort of walked off without Jay. And Jay's like, you know, what's going on here? You know, I've just helped you out. And Sammy had just explained, you know, that he was conflicted and, you know, Owens had been transferred to SmackDown and, all these things were going on and, you know, it was a lot to take in. Um, and then backstage, you know, Zayn had said to Jay, you know, you've got it all going on right now. And that was ironic, wasn't it? Since they were about to lose the tag team belts, right, Kenny? <laughs> oh, you know, well, that... they, yeah, they did have it all going on. They did have it all going on at 9.15 p.m. on on Monday night. Or <laughs> That's it. That's it. So we just jinxed that one. And um and uh, yeah, so he was. He was like, "Well, you know, you've got everything's going your way, and you know, what have I got? I've got nothing. What about me? You know." And um, and then he's like, "Well, you know, I was being an egomaniac. Sorry about that." But yeah, this is step one. This is stage one of the Sami Zayn heel turn. Write that one down. I'm sure everyone realizes that anyway. Yeah, I think it is. Though. I think you're right. Um, elsewhere, uh, what, about, what about these commentary, commentators, Kenny? Kevin Patrick from Ireland, Wade Barrett from England, and wasn't it something on SmackDown? I'm not going to talk about the match, obviously, but like the first match on the show, pretty deadly, all in, all all from England versus Butch and Ridge Holland. It's England versus England. It's a UK I mean, takeover. It is. It's the UK. Well, Ireland's not, but you know what I mean. This area takeover. <laughs> It's got less of a less of a punchy name when it's for this area takeover. <laughs> well, sure. exactly. Lots of uh, islands in UK. No, it isn't. <laughs> no. Uh, let's move on. Shinsuke Nakamura and Ricochet in a Falls Count Anywhere match. Usually, this is a match we would kind of skip by, but they did a hell of a job here with this match. They, you know, at one point Ricochet did a shooting star press from a concourse onto the lower section, and they didn't film the security guards all huddled together waiting for it to happen, which I appreciated. <laughs> That's it's my, it. it's one of my yeah. most hated spots in pro wrestling is if people oh, yeah, are going to catch yeah. somebody don't show me the people waiting for it to happen exactly forming that human crash mat you know we want to we don't want to see that bit we want to see the talent and i'm going to say it must have been a real thrill for the per, for the people who were stood in front of ricochet when he went and stood on top of the uh yeah. like the railing and one of them, he grabbed the hand of one of them to support him. I mean, that must have been such a thrill, yeah. you know, to be there, to have like, you know, the bird's eye view of that spot and like, give us a hand, mate, you know, <laughs> that's great. And there was something and- I there was something I didn't notice when I was watching it, but somebody pointed out on Twitter and it's so funny. So when they were fighting in gorilla position, um, Ricochet turned to Shane Hills and said, stand back, Hurricane, there's a Ricochet coming through, which is just... A great line to have. <laughs> so fair play, Ricochet. <laughs> That's really good. Uh, <laughs> that is really good. And 
you know, I thought this match was really good. Um, but I mean, I felt I felt like Ricochet should have won. I mean, I thought, no, don't have Nakamura win. Now, if this is going to lead to a rematch, feud ending rematch in which Ricochet wins, I'll stand corrected and I'll say, yes, well done, WWE. That was the right outcome on the night. But I mean, Nakamura's just had the title run with Seth Rollins. You know, okay, it was decent, but no one believed that Nakamura was going to win. We went through all this at the time. And it's like Nakamura is now mid-card. He's mid-level for the rest of his run. He just is. He's not going to be a top guy again, clearly. And I'm, and probably Ricochet can't be a top guy either, permanently. But he could be a challenger to a top guy. And, you know, to me, he should have won this match. And if he didn't win this match, well, obviously he didn't win the match. I'm hoping he wins a rematch. Yeah, yeah, I think he will. I don't, I don't. There, there's not much that either of them have got going on right now. So I think they'll, they'll do a rematch on TV, and Ricochet will get the win. So I think oh, it'll come. Uh, we got Rollins coming out to be interrupted. Well, he called out Drew McIntyre, and they have a kind of back and forth talking about you know Rollins basically wants McIntyre to let it go about the bloodline. McIntyre explains why he's not going to let it go, and. They can have a back and forth here, and this is the setup for Crown Jewel. How did they do in terms of getting you interested for the the Saudi match? Yeah, I, I, I thought it was very serious. It felt very, you know, steeped in realism, and it was all about, you know, I'm going to beat you, and very tense. Um, Rollins, you know, vowed to defeat McIntyre at Crown Jewel and said he wouldn't have any excuses it was just going to be you know one-on-one I think Damian Priest is cashing in in that match Kenny that's what I think well that would play into the theory that I had the other week about if if Drew doesn't win the title and he's still you know technically on the babyface side then that could be the impetus for him to just go full full villain you know, because otherwise he, he he's tried to be a, a stand-up guy and he keeps getting thwarted by everybody. Yeah. So, and I mean, later on, Drew had a segment with Sami Zayn backstage that I thought was excellent, where Drew said, you know, because Drew said to Sami, you know, I appreciated the way that you diffused the situation with me and JSO last week, and I was appreh- apprehensive about you when you left the bloodline, but you really stepped up and became a leader. And then, and then Zayn tries to. At one point, uh, Zane tries to go, oh, thanks very much. And he's like, I'm not finished. <laughs> I did think that. <laughs> and then you basically sniveled and forgave Jey Uso. And I can't really understand why you would do that. And Zane's like, you know, you need to put the bloodline behind you. And Drew said, look, you just can't relate, Sammy, because you've never been a world champion. Um, oh, yes. I mean, what a put down. Yeah, what that... a put down. And earlier on the show, we should mention that Sami Zayn was speaking at the beginning of the show. He said that, yeah, well, it's obviously a blow that Kevin Owens has departed, you know, but I'm I'm wrestling on my own now. You know, maybe, you know, I'm looking forward to, you know, pursuing the world championship. So he did bring that up earlier in the show. Yeah, he, he, he did. And, and, and so this is going to set up Drew and Sami next week on Raw. But it should be really good. So, really, it should be. Yeah. I mean, there's not going to be a finish there. No, no. way. I mean, no. surely not. Um, but I mean, you know, I, I just said there. I'm convinced Damien Priest is cashing in. But there again, what happened in the main event of the show? You know, is is now the time for Damien Priest to cash in? In some ways, I think it is because I just feel like Drew and Rollins. It's too soon for this to take place. 
you know and yeah. to me that the match should be taking place after Drew has done the heel turn because it's still in progress isn't it he's not yeah. hasn't quite completed it yet so yeah I'm fascinated to see if if Damien Priest does cash in you know it's um you know maybe not maybe now Damien Priest and Finn Balor are champs again he won't bother they'll think well that would be a waste but I mean in saying that if Damien Priest were the champ he's probably not going to be champ for long that would be blockbuster for the judgment day going into survivor series if they're one half of war games wouldn't it if they had all the gold yep and it could happen i mean i think i think it, if it does happen great if it doesn't i don't think it's the end of the road for priest or anything i think it i think it just depends on because you could have priest attempt to cash in and that's how drew ends up failing because yeah. the, the the judgment day kind of get involved so i, I think they'll be involved regardless i would i would struggle to think it's just going to be one-on-one and a clean finish. Yeah. And that much. Elsewhere, we had we had Rhea Ripley and Shayna Baszler in a match where it kind of went to a no contest because we had Nia Jax coming out. We had um, uh, Raquel Rodriguez. We had Zoe Stark. We had this big fight. And um, this is going to lead to a five-weight crown jewel. And, I mean, five ways are not the most exciting prospect, but I thought they did a good job of I thought Rhea and Shayna did a good job showing intensity in the match. And I thought that everyone who came out to kind of fight felt that like they really were intense and wanted to win the title. And I, I bought it. So I was I was impressed by this. Yeah, definitely. And and again, it's um it keeps it going. It, it means everyone's appearing on the show. They're all gonna be there in their superhero costumes. And um and it it means that you know they can do another match at Survivor Series. It doesn't burn anything out. You know, I mean, presumably it's going to be Rhea Ripley and Naya, I would think, at Survivor Series. Yeah, I would think so. So, I mean, presumably, I mean, Rhea will probably be Zoe Stark or someone expendable, even Shayna. Um, But I think that match is sort of the purpose of it is going to be to set up Rhea Ripley versus Naya Jax at Survivor Series. But yeah, it was really good. It was all action, it was really fast moving. And um, everyone had a spot. Everyone had a little moment in the, the spotlight. And yeah, it was um, it was a really good you know tick box exercise to just get everyone involved. I should mention also, Kenny, that prior to this, um, backstage, Indy Howell had challenged Becky Lynch to an NXT title match because Indy had never lost the belt. She was uh, she was injured, wasn't she? she suffered an injury yes. and she had to vacate the title. Um. And uh, Becky Lynch said, yeah, yeah, well, you can have a match, no problem. Um, and then we had a mini face-to-face between Lynch and Rhea Ripley, our WrestleMania opponents. So that was a nice tease there with Becky Lynch as NXT Women's Champion and Rhea Ripley as World Women's Champion. Yeah. Uh, then we had Gunther and Bronson Reed for the Intercontinental title. This was great. This was just, can't say enough good things about this. It was, you know, Bronson Reed, just a big meaty man <laughs> going through his face in here. And they were just going for it. You know, Bronson Reed's chest near the end was just, you know, so red. And then Gunther hits him with a proper full powerbomb to get the win in the end. I mean, I was I was thinking about this today, and I wonder what you think. Is there anybody else in, in wrestling right now who comes out of losing matches to somebody who who basically doesn't lose anything as they do with Gunther. He has this Midas touch, it feels like, with people where 
nobody goes out of a losing effort with Gunther feeling like they've really lost anything. Yeah, I mean, it's it's it's. I mean, that's when you're you're you you're an artist. You know, you are a maestro. You are a virtuoso in the pro wrestling biz when you can do that. And there's a real art to it. And there's lots of people throughout history who've been able to do this. Um, and whenever you see them do it, you can't quite explain how they do it, but they but they do do it. I mean, I always remember, I think I told you, one of the first wrestling shows I ever watched was, wrestle, uh, or rather American wrestling shows I watched was WrestleMania 4. And there was a match in that world in the WWF title tournament. I can't remember who Ted DiBiase was in there with. And, it, and DiBiase won the tournament match because obviously he went to the final to face Savage. And at the end of it, he took this crazy bump out of the ring. Like he was just completely destroyed by his opponent, even though he just won. I wish I could remember who his opponent was in the match. And I remember thinking to myself, that was really memorable to me. And I thought, wow, you know, DiBiase won. But the other guy has completely, you know, decimated him. And there was a yeah, real art to it. And Gun- Gunter's the, the man at the moment. He does it better than anyone in wrestling. He just does it with everyone. I mean, he's he's um he's just so good. He is just so good. He's like to me, top three in the business right now, if not number one. Um, in fact, I'd put him at number one, Kenny. That's where I'd put him. He's that man at the moment. There isn't anyone in pro wrestling right now that's better than that guy. Yeah, no, I would agree. I don't. I don't. I was even trying to think about. You know, you could say Roman Reigns, but then there, there have been people who've worked with Roman Reigns and they've come out of it and they've maybe lost a little bit. But I just think with Gunther, you don't. You you come yeah. out of it and you don't lose anything. So, plus, yeah. I mean, Reigns. You know, Gunther's doing this on TV on a regular basis. I mean, yeah. Reigns. You know, he has had quite a few matches this year, but I mean, Gunther's on TV doing this. You know, with Chad Gable, Tomasa. Champa did it yeah. here with Bronson Reed. I mean, Ricochet, what a Yeah. And also, I mean, the thing, not to diminish Reigns, but it's like, I'm not saying it's easy, but it's easier to do it eight times a year than to do it 25 times a year, 30 times a year. So um, I'd also love the video package they did earlier on the show on Gunther and Imperium. It was just a great, a great video package. Uh, no, yeah, I mean... So. They, I mean, you know, we sadly Johnny. Well, Johnny Gargano. Maybe it wasn't such the worst. It wasn't the worst thing that he lost. He lost to Ludwig Kaiser. We should mention mention that Tommaso Ciampa was not there. The storyline was that he was not medically cleared to compete. Yeah. And Giovanni Vinci was at ringside, and he, he interfered and helped Kaiser defeat Gargano. So one assumes this is going to lead to a tag match between. Well, we knew this was you know, between the DIY guys and Kaiser and Vinci. We know this is coming and hopefully Gargano and Champa will get their, uh, you know, get their big win. They'll get justice in the tag match. Indeed, yeah. So next week we get Vinci and Gargano and Vinci's been tasked with finishing Gargano off. So, of course, that's when Champa will probably return and then we'll get the build to the tag match. We got yes. some, we got a, a couple of good comedy segments. There's one with The Miz where he was beat annoyed that he was on the third hour and then Nia Jax just shows up and cuts a promo about how you know everyone's hit her with their best shot and she's still standing when she hits anyone with a shot they don't get back up and then she smashes the mic into Miz's chest and then as Miz tries to go as I was saying and Jackie Evans says oh I'm really sorry Miz we're actually out of time and he's just livid his his time has been taken away um, we had a key with the weights with the dumbbells yeah Akira Tazawa with a little pink 
five five kilo dumbbells, and uh, and Maxine Dupree is leading a Pilates workout with Chad and Otis, and the New Day come in, and Chad and Otis are going to go for the tag titles, so they're going to face the New Day next week and see who's who are the best dancers or who's got the best hips. I think mean, that was what the the contest was. So that'll be something for next week. So next week we've got Drew and Sammy. Becky and Indy Hartwell that was set up in this show, Logan Paul appearing, and uh, New Day and Alpha Academy. So we're getting stuff that's building each week on the show. It's not getting taken away at the last minute like it used to be. Yes. Uh, I know I, we will on Thursday, by the way, be talking about Ari Emanuel, you know, deciding to get Vince out of creative right after the deal's gone through. Vince is now on the other foot. I mean, this. what did I say? I mean... Harry Osborne, Spider Man. I've already been through it, haven't I, Kenny? Yeah, <laughs> you have. You have. Uh, so, yeah, but we'll, we'll, we'll dissect that all on Thursday, which will be pretty interesting. So, but, but main event time Cody Rhodes and Jay so against Damian Priest and Finn Balor for the Undisputed Tag Team titles. Obviously, we had Dom try to get involved, then Sami Zayn came out to equal the, equal the cause. And then. Jay, Jay was kind of about to get, get some control when Jimmy Uso turns up, super kicks him on the apron. Balor comes in, hits the coup de gras. One, two, three, Damien Priest and Finn Balor are your new undisputed tag team champions. What did you make of the match, the Jimmy interference, and the result? By the way, Kenny, uh, it was Norman Osborne was the Green Goblin, not Harry. Harry was his son. Apologies. Harry was the son. <laughs> Look at you. The amateur year. <laughs> Your superhero mentions. Anyway. Was he a huge Marvel Comics fan from 70, 1975 through to 1982? Still got all my Marvel Comics from that era. Are yeah. they worth anything? I don't know. Maybe they have got so many and terrific Nick from that era. Oh, they were. Uh, anyway, onto the, main, onto the main event. Yeah, the uh, yeah. I mean, this was... I don't know whether I was expecting a title change here or not. Possibly, possibly not, because I had it, you know... I'd convinced myself that Damien Priest was or is going to become champion at Crown Jewel. So I thought to myself, well, if he's going to become champion at Crown Jewel, then he doesn't need to be tag team champion as well. And I actually thought that Jay and Cody might have a longer run as champs, especially after that fast lane, you know, press conference appearance. I was thinking, well, they're gonna they're gonna have to. They're going to have to go with this because people really like these two together. So, you know, don't end this prematurely. So I think actually overall I'm I'm surprised by the outcome with Balor and Priest regaining the belts. Did not see this coming. Um, and yeah, with Jimmy running in and I mean, it was another, you know, tip top tag team main event, wasn't it? I mean, they won a great run at tag main events on Raw Kenny, aren't they? Yeah, they're doing a, they're doing a great job of kind of giving us back. To, I mean, this this raw was one of the best raws of the year in terms of giving you storyline and in ring stuff as well. I, yeah. I just think, I, I can't think of an episode in twenty twenty three that I like more in terms of all the stuff they accomplished. So I think this was a, a belter of an episode. It was. It just felt big. I mean, there was no. I mean, you know, remember how it used to be, particularly in the third hour, where it just fall off a cliff. And there was all these conspiracy theories about, oh, well, they just want it to, you know, they want the third hour to tank. They don't care anymore. They're, you know, they're just doing it for their own amusement. There was all these reasons why the third hour was so lame. And like every part of the show achieved something, didn't it? And there was yep. really no, it didn't dip at all. It just maintained its energy all along. 
And for the longest time, people were saying, oh, Raw needs to go back to two hours. Three hours is too long. And yeah, it is three hours is a long show. Of course it is. But I mean, WWE has proved now for, I don't know, many weeks, maybe maybe even months, that it can it can do a three-hour show and it can do it well. As you just said, Kenny, this was one of the best roles of the year, if not the best. And um, yeah, it just, just feels like they've, it just feels like, I don't know, I mean, was the flame in the ointment all along Vince McMahon? <laughs> Quite possibly. I mean, I think he is. I think he was. I think he was. So, um, <laughs> so but I, I, I do actually, and when the tag title change happened, I was quite surprised. But then when I was kind of thinking about it, I was like, well, I mean, Jay and Cody was probably not going to be a long-term thing. It does no. play into, we assume, what War Games is going to be. So... It does make sense as much as war games makes me want to hurl myself out of my window uh, on the first floor and fall to an agonizing death. But I won't, and I will live through another war games fin, and I will accept it. But if that's what they're doing, this this made sense for that. And the Jimmy and Jay stuff's going to be interesting. I wonder if you know I could see them. Well, I don't know. You can't really do. It would be interesting if like Drew McIntyre or Damian Priest were the world champion at the Royal Rumble. And maybe Jay had the title shot and Jimmy cost him there. And that's where the story really picks up with them towards WrestleMania. But even then, it's just, there's a long time till WrestleMania. So, yeah, it is. I mean, it's a long time. And to me, you really need to do it at the Rumble. Yeah. I mean, even, I think it's going to be a push to actually maintain it until then. And as you point out earlier in the podcast, Kenny, I mean, Jimmy's kind of struggling. And he needs he needs somebody to prop him up. And I don't know who that's going to be because the bloodline is probably on the downside of its run now. And if Reigns does lose the belt at WrestleMania, as we imagine he will, and then he does the face turn, which surely he will do after WrestleMania, that'll be the end of the bloodline. And to me, that's that's the time to just end that because there's, there's not enough. There's just no more roads for it to travel after WrestleMania, that has to be the end to me. And the big split, you know, people blaming Roman for losing the belt, you know, Solo beating him down. That's when Roman does the face turn and that starts that next chapter of his career. But how how they fill the time between now and then and keep, and, you know, make the bloodline interesting. Yeah, I'm not quite sure how they're going to pull this one off. It's, um, but there again, you know, we've written them off before and we've written off the bloodline before. Maybe Kevin Owens is the key to all this, Kenny. Maybe Kevin Owens will join sort of next month. And if he becomes part of the gang, there's a lot they can do with him as a member of the bloodline. Yeah, 100%. Lots lots of possibilities. And it's, yeah, very exciting time to watch WWE programming. So, listen, that's all the time we've got for today. We'll be back on Thursday to talk uh, personal podcast. We'll be recording the overrun as well. The This week's overrun is up on Patreon right now. We'll be look back at issue 235. Some really interesting stuff on WrestleMania 30 and the coverage and who Finn was thinking about putting on the cover and the options and the warrior passing away. Lots lots of interesting stuff. So I think you'll enjoy it when you check it out. Yes, so, please check that one out. Yes, so thank you so much for all your support and we'll talk to you soon, everybody.
When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. It streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. Schedule package pickups and see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app, you can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up with code PROGRAM for a 4-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's stamps.com. Code program.